Welcome back, Fighting Irish fans. You're listening to Locked on Irish on today's episode of your daily Notre Dame Athletics podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We are going to share latest updates on the offensive line rotation, dealing with two major injuries to key players, and also we are going to hear a long conversation that we had with Candace Cooper. That is all coming up on today's episode. Before we get to it, though, folks, I am Joe DeLeon, former college long snapper at the University of Rhode Island, joined by my partner in crime, the director of scouting with NFL Draft Bible, as well as a college football and NFL draft analyst. So, Ryan, right now we are getting an update on Tuesday as we're recording this came out earlier as the depth chart was released that Josh Lugg is going to play at that guard spot where Tommy Kramer, who's dealing with uh, an appendectomy, he is going to be playing in that spot. And then for Jarrett Patterson, who underwent foot surgery, it is going to be Zeke Corral, as we potentially had speculated. Now, before we, we share our thoughts, Coach Brian Kelly actually broke it down and also shared his thoughts on the situation and has expressed some pretty serious confidence. Yeah, Patterson is out, uh, had foot surgery, uh, went very well. He'll recover um, and uh, do extremely well. Uh, and we'll have him back, um, you know, obviously uh, next year. Um, disappointed for him. He was having a great season. Um, but... Uh, Again, I, I think uh, he'll do quite well from this surgery. Uh, Tommy had um, an emergency uh, appendectomy. Uh, it was laparoscopic, so um, we caught it in time and um, no, uh, no rupture. So he is uh, he's up and around already. And, um, you know, we expect him... Uh, to be moving around later this week and and football related activities next week so um dodge the bullet there uh, be out for a short period of time so um zeke corral moves to the center position um we've got a great deal of confidence in zeke room and now zeke's a highly recruited player for us and um you know we've been waiting uh for him to get his opportunity and he has been waiting i guess more importantly and he's going to get that chance this weekend against uh North Carolina and Josh Lug now, as you know, played quite a bit of uh, um, meaningful football for us last year at the tackle position. We'll move in to that slot at at right guard, um, and uh, you know he was our sixth, probably our sixth guy there, and and uh, he's ready to play and compete at a high level. So lose a couple of really good players, and and we plug them in with uh, two equally fine players, and um, we uh, we're excited about their opportunities. So those are Coach Kelly's thoughts on the situation and how he feels dealing with some offensive line issues, some injury issues, especially an emergency injury issue for a player that was extremely unexpected, a potentially serious situation. Good to know that Kramer is back and healthy. But Ryan, it sounds like Coach Kelly is pretty confident in this transition and in this move. Well, yeah, I mean, and he kind of has to to a degree, right? Like we talk about coach talk all the time. Like, you have to show confidence in your players. But I don't think that it's just, you know, a facade in any way because we talked about the pipeline that Notre Dame's had at offensive line now here for 
some time, you know, dating back a long time, but obviously with Coach Stan and, and moving into Jeff Quinn, there's been a great tradition offensive line play. And even though these guys are, I mean, Lug more experienced than Zeke Corral taking over at center, obviously, but even though there's some inexperience now moving in, Notre Dame recruits the position as good as anyone and develops players as good as anyone on the offensive line. So it's half coach talk to me, but then also I honestly do believe that Brian Kelly feels pretty good about the situation because Zeke Corral is a very talented player going into now in his second year at Notre Dame, redshirt freshman, sophomore if you look at if you look at the roster. But he has been a guy that has hasn't played a ton. But I think that Brian Kelly truly probably does have a lot of confidence in him. And then Josh Lug is that sixth man off the bench. He's a guy that could be starting for a lot of other football teams and probably will be a starter for Notre Dame next year, probably at one of the tackle positions. So I believe also that it's the sixth man. He's the best player off the bench. He was always going to slot in at one of these spots, whether it was at tackle or at guard before Kramer got hurt. So I, I do think that Coach Kelly definitely does have a lot of confidence in this situation because we have seen time and time again Notre Dame recruits the offensive line position better than just about anybody, and they develop their players, and we see a lot of pro bowlers, all pros, starters on the NFL level right now. I also think one of the positive things that comes out of this, and I know we've we've talked about this stuff so much, but it, it's more serious than I think a lot of people consider losing two offensive linemen. Like If you don't think that this is a big deal, I know that's pretty shocking to me because this is obviously – a tough situation to go through when you had the best offensive line in the country and you're now having to put these backups in. But I think the underrated aspect and the, uh, you know, the bittersweet part of this is that you're getting Zeke Corral experience to start this game and to play a full game in, in an important spot. He's probably, if Kramer doesn't come back for a few weeks, he's probably going to be the starting center for the remainder of the season. And if, if they're confident in him, they might end up rolling with him during the ACC championship if they reach there or wherever things land with the postseason. I think that that is, is a positive because we already talked about Jarrett Patterson possibly moving to tackle next season when Liam Eichenberg is gone. So to get who is clearly going to be the next man up, the next center for likely next season – it's not a bad thing, I think, to get him out there and get him some reps. I, I don't see Corral uh, as a a liability. I see this as a young player that was waiting in the wings, and I, I can say pretty confidently that he's good enough to start. He's good enough to go out there and play. Otherwise, they would be desperately trying to shuffle guys around if they if they didn't have that confidence level in him. You can just go look to his offer list to see what type of caliber of talent Zeke Corral is. Like the the, the there's, this is nothing against him as a football player, right? Obviously, you're 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 going to have slightly a downgrade, at least in the immediate return, because Jared Patterson was an excellent excellent center. The one thing, though, that I'm not disappointed in, because I'm happy that Zeke Corral is going to get an opportunity. I'm happy that Josh Lug is going to get an opportunity because he has shown himself to be to be a very good football player that has all the opportunities in the world. It's kind of a tough situation in the fact of like. So if Zeke Corral does just settle into that center position, he has a really good game, then is he the starter for the next rest of the year? If Patterson moves out next year, then he got an early start to a starting career at Notre Dame, which is awesome in retrospect, right? When you're going to look back on it and say, that was good that we started to get his feet wet early on last season, or not early on, but the last, you know, latter stages of the, of the year, um, kind of looking back on it. But then, like, I think... 
when Tommy Kramer gets back, the best five offensive linemen would not be Zeke Corral included in there. I think Josh Lugg is the fifth best guy now. That's kind of why I was like, hey, man, if we can move Hainsey in the center, we can put Lugg at a right tackle, that would be the best option because that is our, literally our five best offensive linemen on the team with Jared Patterson out. Now it's going to be Josh Lugg maybe relegated again to the bench and Zeke Corral settles in. So, like, long-term outlook, I think that it's a, it's a not there's no perfect answer to it, but I would agree – Next year, if Jared Patterson is, if that conversation is serious about moving him out to left tackle, getting Zeke Corral this added bonus here, getting him ready, getting him ready to go, even though you are very concerned strictly on the rest of the 2020 season, I think that you can get a lot of value off of Zeke Corral getting his feet wet early and on now. This is also something that is going to change on a week-to-week basis. We have to actually see how these guys go out there and how they play, and there's going to be different varying levels of expectations just based on their performances. So we're going to continue to update on on this because as the the final parts of the season come around, this is going to be an important issue for this Notre Dame team that is trying to continue its established success on the offensive side of the ball and also along their offensive line. Coming up, we are going to hear from – Locked on Tar Heels, Candace Cooper. She had a lot of amazing things to say. Before we get to that, though, folks, I want to share a message with you from our sponsors, that being Coors Light. We have Thanksgiving coming up this weekend. Maybe you can't see your entire family, but I'm sure you'll be spending some time with your family. I know that. You know, I, I, I'm not going to be able to go to that thing, uh, you know, and deal with my family without maybe having one course light and sitting back and relaxing and watching some football. It's a perfect time to sit and hang out with your family. Grab a beer, relax, especially with everything always being so on all the time, having to be going 100% with a limited amounts of times to really stop these days. Might as well use these next couple days that you have off to relax. And if you're going to relax, relax with a course Light. We have coming up this weekend on Thursday, actually, we have a number of fantastic games per usual in the NFL and watching football is therapeutic for fans. It is uninterrupted me time, an excuse to chill and drink beer with minimal college football teams playing this year. Coors Light wants fans to know that there are still plenty of teams and sports out there that will allow them to relax and enjoy a beer. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink beer. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And now joining Locked On Irish is Candace Cooper, who is the host of Locked On Tar Heels, the Monday host of Locked On College Football, and also a former student athlete at UNC, a member of the swimming and diving team. Candace, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. How are you doing today, and how are you doing this this week leading up to Thanksgiving? Guys, I am so good. I'm super excited to have Thanksgiving here. I'm more importantly excited to have the Tar Heels playing on Wednesday and Friday. So I get to enjoy my Thursday, right? I get to have Thanksgiving. But Wednesday, I got to see some Carolina hoops. And then Friday, I get Carolina football. So it's going to be a good weekend. Right. Perfect timing. And also Notre Dame, too. We we were getting to watch some basketball, which we're going to talk about later in the week. It's the perfect week right now to get that double dip of your favorite teams playing. So, uh, Candice, right now we have uh, UNC transitioning 
positioning after Mac Brown has taken over, and they have looked fantastic. I remember for a long time when Notre Dame was playing UNC, they were a, a struggling team. They were typically in the middle of the pack in the ACC, and now all of a sudden they're this this really talented program that Mac Brown has come back for you know a second resurgence period of time. There's a ton of really talented prospects. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts. What do you think has led to this success, and what have you seen that's been different compared to previous years? Well, I'll say that when Matt came in, it was just an immediate wanting to be a player's coach, right? So with the Fedora era, we had a lot of scandal, just trying to get past all that. And Mac pretty much came in and listened to the guys and was like, what do you want? And he made like ample amount of improvements from like training facilities, from, you know, players lounges and things like that. So he really took the time to just listen to the players and get feedback. And, you know, anybody who gets is allowed to get feedback from a coach obviously wants to play better for them. And so I think that transition has certainly been one where you see the positive changes from there, but more importantly, the guys have a lot more fun. It's been an atmosphere and a culture shift for sure. When it comes to just, you know, I had, one of our uh, communications guys on just talking about, hey, we have rap music that's current. We have you know <laughs> videos and clips that's like we have people who are living in the current millennial age. And it just shifted from the wine and cheese crowd image that normally Carolina gets to finally saying, hey, we're trying to be hip and relevant. And Mac, you know, he knows who he is. He doesn't try and play on being like some cool hip coach. Like he's very much I have rules. I will make, like, make sure those rules are enforced, but I want you guys to have fun. And I think the second go for him has been a lot about having fun. And so it's been a pleasant surprise, right? Like a lot of the guys probably didn't think they would be that good. We're still learning how to win and be a top team. Clearly being a top five right now is not quite, we're not there yet, but you know, certainly working our way from all sides of the ball. And Candace, we have, we have a, a interesting matchup because both teams are coming off a bye week, which I feel like doesn't happen too often when you talk about matchups, right? Like usually one team's coming off a bye maybe. For Notre Dame specifically, it's been a tough bye week because we're down a couple offensive linemen. There's been some injuries coming out of this bye week that we have to kind of figure out. I know due to the reshuffling, obviously, with the bye week that North Carolina has, what is the update as far as injuries? How is the team looking coming out of this bye week and getting prepared for the Irish? Right. So, you know, Carolina had an interesting start to their season. They had Syracuse and then Charlotte wasn't able to play. And there was a couple of game shifts and had bye week that was built in. And now all of a sudden Miami shifts and you have another, you know, interesting week of just shuffling things around. We've had some guys get healthy. Storm Duck, who has been one of our best in the secondary, finally, you know, practicing again. Hopefully he figures it out. And it's all weird this year, right? Guys can either come back, you know, for another year. It's like a gimme or they can decide to take their talents elsewhere. I hope that he comes and plays because we can certainly use that help back there. But uh, if he doesn't, it is what it is. Bo Corrales is a tight tight end. I call him like Mr. Greg Olson because <laughs> he's just always available for us on third down. But uh, he is back practicing. And Brian Anderson, our center, is also back practicing this week, which will be very helpful for the offensive line. But when you think about the defense and you think about Notre Dame's offensive line, it kind of you're like, okay, I can take a deep breath because some people aren't available. But at the same time, our defense has been our defense, right? <laughs> like there have been some great, you know, offensive lines. There have been some terrible offensive lines, and they still run all over Carolina's defense. So our run defense is terrible. I can't, I can't, and I'm really sad about it because that's where I live and breathe is in the trenches. And it just, it's not been there this year. <laughs> In a little bit, we are going to hear the remainder of the interview with Candace Cooper. But folks, 
Before we get to that interview, Ryan has a message for you from our latest sponsor. You've all heard me really gush over Built Bar being the greatest workout bar, protein bar on the market. Well, I want to share with you the new the new product that Built is presenting. That's Built Go, which makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce package, put it in your briefcase, put it in your golf bag, put it in your back pocket, make sure that you get through the day with as much as uh, much energy as possible. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and much better results. Comes in three delicious flavors, including peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and my personal favorite, chocolate mint. Bilco combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets to my system fast, plus it's easy on the stomach. Bilco is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work, including beta-adamine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Bilco then kicks to keep you going strong throughout the day. Collagen promotes joint soft soft tissue, hair and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better while making you perform better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED. That's all capital LOCKED. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. So you already mentioned the defensive struggles, and you just pointed out how it seems to be the trenches really struggling defensively. The one game that has epitomized UNC's defensive struggles was the game against Wake Forest. You let up over 50 points. That's not a total you want to give up even if you win a football game. You're now facing a Notre Dame offense that's hitting full stride. What do you think are the main reasons why, besides that, you know, that main point, or if you want to elaborate on it, why this, this Tar Heel defense is struggling so much over the past few weeks? Well, for one, I think a lot of people didn't give credit to Sam Hartman and how well he played. I think people were sleeping on the fact that he's a senior leader. And, you know, we had the Jamie Newmans of, of the world last year who were just bulldozing, bulldozing over us. And now you have Sam, we're like, oh, Sam Hartman, it'll be fine. Nope. Not, not quite, not quite. But uh, I do think that our we lost Aaron Crawford. We lost Jason Strobridge. We haven't had, you know, the Taman Foxes step up like they could. Chaster as quick off the edge. But, you know, people know who he is now. Last year, it was all this nuance of, oh, Chaster at. We've never seen him play linebacker. But now you have film on him. It's a whole different ball game, and people can understand you better. So that, I guess, I will certainly play into how people perform against him. But I think it's just a ment- mentality of getting over the fact that you're not as good as the offense, but still trying to step up and play. Because all you talk about for Carolina is Sam Howell. All you talk about is the Daz Newsons and the Deami Browns. And so feeling like you're the ugly stepchild within your own team, it's a little bit <laughs> you know, daunting <laughs> at times. So I think you saw with the Wake Forest game, there were big key three and out moments where you're like, okay, defense, we're going to step up to the same level. We're going to match the energy of our offense. And that's certainly what they did when it mattered, right? We still had a lot of takeaways where we're like, okay, we're not quite there. But when we needed it most, they definitely stepped up. Candice, you're my, you're my favorite guest so far. You just threw me the be- best <laughs> alley-oop in history of Locked on Irish. Wanted to talk about the offensive side of the football, and you just already kind of gave us a little preview a little bit, right? Like, So I'm an NFL draft yeah. guy. 
We're already excited about Sam Howell only being a true sophomore, what his potential is at the next level. You mentioned Diami already. You mentioned Daz Newsom. The couple running backs, I'm a huge fan of Mr. Williams. Can you give us just the brief breakdown of how special these skill position players are for North Carolina? Absolutely. Well, I will first start off by saying Sam Howell is just a different beast. I Good or bad, hot or cold, he gives you the same emotions, which is totally fine for me as long as they're winning, right? De'Ami Brown, Daz Newsom have certainly been his wide receiving rep, uh, weapons. But when it comes to the run game, Michael Carter, you know, he's great. I, I love him. But Javante Williams is such a slept on running back, right? And, you know, the fact that the backfield, I'll read you a stat. There are only two players in the nation with 800 plus rushing yards and 200 plus receiving yards. And those are both Michael and Javante. And I say every game, feed Javante. Hashtag feed Javante. Because I'm telling you, when that man eats, it's going to be a great day for Carolina, right? So whenever I think about Phil Longo and trying to complicate the offense, I'm like, no, keep it simple. <laughs> keep it very simple. When in doubt, feed Javante. And I think for him, just seeing his growth, I don't think he even thought how good he would be. And as quiet as it's kept, again, Carolina is not the big football's team talk of the world but at the end of the day sometimes I feel like that's better for players like Javante who aren't you know extremely vocal who just are in the trenches getting it done day in and day out and that's what he's done for this team and Michael Carter's had senior leadership where he just doesn't take nonsense right and I think he's going to be great on Sundays his juke abilities are just up there with the best of them yeah and not many people are sleeping on Javante anymore he's actually the third ranked running back now for the 2021 NFL draft by NFL draft bible so a lot of people are starting to figure it out. Michael Carter, like you said, he's a senior bowl invite as well. So that, that running back, I mean, I think they both averaged like seven yards a carry this year, which is the most ridiculous yeah. that I feel like I've ever seen in my life. But I need to ask you about your concerns now, because obviously you are playing against the number two team in the country this week. You mentioned the offense for North Carolina is maybe the best in all of college football defense, obviously with a lot of concerns. When you're looking at Notre Dame and what they offer specifically, offensively, defensively, what can what concerns you the most heading into this matchup? Well, you know, at the end of the day, it's still a Friday. It's still a holiday. And guys are, you know, probably wanting to be home with their families and the emotions are run differently, right? Always on those kind of weekend games. But more importantly, you know, the energy of wanting to prove wrong. I think sometimes you overdo it. And we have a lot of young guys who want to step up. Um, and do too much. <laughs> it's like team do too much. And I think that's what we might see come the weekend. And I'm hoping that they're able to just dial in and lock in early and don't get too excited because we all know Sam will come out swinging. Sam will come out and make those great plays offensively and might drive down for a touchdown. That's his thing. He loves to do that. But somehow about that second quarter, right, can they hang in with Notre Dame once Notre Dame settles in and they figure it out and they're able to come back and punch you right back in the mouth? Can Carolina not rest on Sam just being the playing hero ball because he's learning to be patient. He's learning not to make silly mistakes. He's learning not to, you know, hold on to the ball for long to where he doesn't throw it away. He takes a sack. So we're just trying to figure out where Sam can just rest easy and keep the ball moving. If Carolina gets off schedule, it'll be a long day. If defense has to try and step up big, it's going to be a long day. So Candace, just to wrap us up here, we, we do this every single show. We're going to intend on doing it every single show for football and basketball when we have have guests on, we ask for a score prediction, what you think the final score is going to be, who you think is going to be the winner. Now, I want to preface this by saying that right now the guest pickers, the guest picks are one and one. Sadly, A.J. Black is the, um, out of the two guests we've had, is the one that has picked against his own team. 
So I, I'm just putting that out there that we've had people pick against their own their own team when facing this top-ranked Notre Dame team. So if you were to give us a score prediction, how do you think things are going to play out? Off the strength of just being a former student athlete, I could never go against my own team. That's like, the right that's thing to say. Rip, right? <laughs> like off the strength of my degree, I just can't. But if I were to give predictions, I'd say, I'd say it's probably going to be 42-35 Carolina. Like Sam Howell is going to have a great day. But I also think that Notre Dame's offense is going to also perform and our defense, our defense is just our defense. And hold, if you hold them 35, I'll be certainly happy. If it's more than that, I won't be surprised, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll certainly be happy. This is Candace's last day on Locked on Irish Bees. Please everyone remember <laughs> her fondly as she makes her, her debut and her last entrance onto the podcast. It's been fun. It's been fun. I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, well, we'll see if that ends up working out and if, if you are correct. We, I won't fault you for picking your own school because you are a uh, an alumni. You've been a part of the athletic program. I won't fault you on that. But sadly, if things don't work out, you might be in the category of the uh, the, the two incorrect picks. Uh, we'll see how things turn out. We'll see how things yeah. turn out. We'll, we'll touch base uh, at the end of the week. But uh, just to wrap us up here, where can people find your stuff? With, uh, anything else you want to plug, social media or any uh, – any other places where they can find your awesome content? Absolutely. Make sure you guys download, subscribe to Locked on Tarheels podcast. If you're wanting some hoop action as you coincide with these Locked on Irish guys, and I'll be at Locked on Heels or at Candace D. Cooper. You can talk to me every single day when it comes to Carolina athletics. More importantly, if you just want to talk ACC, Locked on College Football Monday show, we have also download, subscribe there. So it's a good time for the college football world as we're wrapping up for the bigger conferences. Some of them have decided to come on late. So they'll be a little bit longer, but it's cool. You know, I enjoy those too. I, I'm, it's interesting because all of it is just every week I get excited to talk to a new host from the Locked On Podcast Network and then their game gets canceled. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I was so ready to have this rivalry talk and then it's like, okay, yeah, maybe maybe next time. <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me on. I so certainly thank you and good luck this weekend. Awesome. Thank you so much. That is going to be it for today's episode of Locked on Irish. Coming up on Wednesday's show, we are going to do our full breakdown and lead in into the North Carolina game. Those episodes obviously typically come out on Thursdays, but obviously this week because it is Thanksgiving, that show is coming to you on this Wednesday. Make sure you follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, and also at Locked on Irish to stay up to date on everything with the show, as well as to see some additional Notre Dame content. If you like the show so far, please hit that subscribe button just so you can stay up to date. This is a daily show, so you can count on getting daily Notre Dame athletics content. If you're looking for anything else to tune into, as I said already, and with our guest today, make sure you check out uh, Locked on Tar Tar Heels. Candice is going to be talking a lot about this matchup this weekend, as well as some other things going on with Tar Heels athletics. If you're interested in hearing what she has to say about the game from her perspective on her show, Head on over to Locked on Tar Heels. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Have a wonderful rest of your day.